And welcome, my lovelies, my fellow lovers of love, as we join me and Lubby down another excursion through the streams of consciousness towards the river of mindfulness on towards the sea that we call late night love. Ooh, I like that one. I so said I'm going to record that into the intro and then I don't have to say it every week. You're so slick. No. No, because how many times have I butchered the intro before I get around to actually just <laughs> doing the intro? <laughs> you know, I'm not that slick. Don't give me all that much credit. Anyway, good evening, everybody. It's been a long week, and uh, thank you all for tuning in. We've got an interesting show today. We've got a stress relief show, essentially my weekly online therapy session, in a sense. And we're going to talk a bit about this uh, culture of what's going on at the stock market. I'm going to talk the politics of it. We're going to talk the culture of it. Because a lot of people don't understand what's going on because they're not thinking about it culturally. And then we'll move on to the second half where we end up with talking about good and bad advice from sex therapists. Yes. Two words they love and two words they hate. Two words they love and two words be interesting. Let's see what this is. Okay. Just in case there was something. What do you got? So we've got, it's been a long week, but before we start that, we want to make sure I ask everybody to do us a favor, and if you like something, a Daily Dose episode, like, subscribe, share, do all that stuff for us, it would be a great big help, because, you know, we know not everybody has the means to help us through the, financially, support, support us, but you can always help spread the word. All right, so it's been a stressful week for me. Part of it's because, you know, I'm knee pain and always having to deal with that. The, the bad weather comes knee pains. But, you know, I've been dealing with like one and a half million other Californians having to fight with EDD, kind of. I'm in such a better position. I don't even like complaining than most of these people on it. So I don't even like complaining that I'm stuck in that EDD Thing, but it's frustrating, and you know how frustration deals with me. So, I've been on pins and needles all week, anyway. And my poor lovey had a hard week, so it's been a. I had an up and down week, but I um, I got to learn some things on the uh, working on the late night love business end. I got we meet once in the morning, and then we meet just we meet just briefly when after i get up and i shouldn't say morning um yeah well we call late light love for a reason late night love we're <laughs> we're, we're night owls and and then we meet later on about nine o'clock eight thirty nine o'clock and we do some work for about an hour and um so i've been learning some new things so that's been i'm focusing on the positive that's that was a positive. I had an up and down. I had an emotional week, but um, yeah, well, you know, but, but it, we got through it. 
Yeah, well, that comes with the bipolar thing. That's kind of living with bipolar. You kind of deal with that sometimes. Up and down. I am up and down all the freaking time. It drives me nuts. So, you know. And on the, the weeks when I'm on pins and needles, I worry that I don't respond well enough to you. Oh, my God. No, you're always just so there for me. Always. Because I know I you needed me more this week than normal, and I wasn't, you know, I had my own issues. I've got, I'm in the middle of the transitioning from kind of outlining the book to working on the book. Then we've got, you know, the EDD stuff. I'm still waiting for my federal tax Well, return. honey, life goes on. <laughs> life, life doesn't, life doesn't, doesn't cater to my moods. Life still happens. Well, and goes on while I'm going through. Yes. Yeah. So, but it's just you know, like everybody else, it's just a stressful week. But it's a very thoughtful thing for you to say. Thank you, my honey. And you know, I actually feel bad coming on here and, and even talking about it because, like I said, you know, we're in much better position to weather this than many people. The, yes. You know, lots of people have gone six weeks without a check from EDD, and. Uh, uh. You know, and I have lots of people I found out I'm the only one just in a number of people in town who are still waiting for their last year's tax return. And which means you're still waiting for that last check. And so if you're really on pins and needles, one of the reasons we have to ask people to to like, share, and subscribe is because I was going to take a hundred bucks of that stimulus and put it towards some, you know, a little bit of advertising, give us help, give us a boost. A little bit, you know, not a lot. We wouldn't spread it out all at once. You spread it out over time on different platforms. You see which things hit and you see where to focus. It was, but until it shows up, and Lord knows when that's going to be. Like, and all I can think about is how much of a blessing it is for us to have the life we live. Yes, we are. We are insanely blessed, and because there's people in, and it's, so it's hard to come on here and complain, which is why I try to stay, you know, as positive as possible. But you know. <laughs> We all are human. We all get frustrated. And it's, you know, I can deal with a lot, but I don't like being frustrated. And so it's the frustration part. You know, you've got no answers and no one's got any answers. So that's the hard part. That's the part that's stressful. And there's a one point something million people just in California dealing with that. Something similar, many much it's worse awful. off than me. It's awful. And you know, where do they turn? Friends, family, loan sharks, retirement accounts, child savings accounts. What else are you gonna do? Sad. It's just sad, and the fact that we've got no answers. And, you know, we're better. And we're we're only in the small part of the whole. We're not even the people who ended up getting their identity stolen because of it. 
and then they've got a whole different level of hell to deal with. We're just stuck. People had their identity stolen. Yeah, we're just stuck in the people who are fine. We're just waiting for our checks to finally get figured out, or whatever the hell it is they're doing. But there's people who've got their identity stolen, had all their benefits hijacked because the, the whole, it's awful. That's part of the thing, and you don't want to be. And that's part of the part of playing politics. I really don't like is you have to hear these stories. What are you gonna do? can't do nothing you call you talk to your assembly member people are now using me to talk to their assembly member you know just to see if they, i can get an answer they just want an answer they don't even really care what the answer is anymore they just want to know and no one can there's no nothing good to tell them you know and that wears on me i'm not even a candidate anymore but <laughs> so I don't mean to laugh, but I, you know, there's a point where you don't know what else to do. It's not a laughter of minimizing it or making it funny. It's just you've got this big ball of stress, and what else are you gonna do with it? You gotta let it out somehow, and I'd much rather let it out laughing than punch a wall, kick a box. What are you gonna do? Yell. Do a primal yell. What are you going to do with it? So it's not even a, a nervous laugh. It's a stress laugh. So. Yes, you have a stress laugh. Yeah, that which people misinterpret. But so, you know, if you don't understand someone, why someone's laughing, you know, maybe there is a reason. And maybe they're not even aware of it. It took me a long time to understand that that's a stress laugh. Didn't understand what it was. My new stuff wasn't funny. So, anyway. I remember it getting me in trouble when I was a teenager. Yeah. Well, and you don't know what it is. You gotta know what it is. No. And, there's, and there's no one to tell you. No one told me that it's a stress laugh. No, I was I was an adult before I figured it out. Yeah. Anyway, it's just so weird. Now speaking of stress laugh, guess who's having stress laughs this week? Who? <laughs> Some of these hedge fund managers. By some accounts, they've lost $70 billion because a bunch of yahoos on Reddit decided to go play, I don't know, Robin Hood. To, I said, maybe. I don't know what they're doing. But there's this weird cultural thing that's had a mix. And it's a strange thing because a lot of people are trying to figure out what's going on. And they're not really identifying the whole thing because they're trying to fit it into politics. or And it, it transcends all that. It's cultural. You've got some financial savvy, savvy uh, Gen Xers, people my age, essentially, 50s, a little younger, a little older, but somewhere around the age of 50. And they're sitting here telling a bunch of these uh, Gen X, uh, millennials and younger, saying, look, this is how the game actually works. And you guys now have tools to use this. So look out for this, 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 and this. 
and look out for this, this, this. And then you just say you play it. And they're sitting there telling them how to play it, how you can kind of play the strategy against the big guys and, and you know, and have some success against it. You know, mind your P's and Q's. And some of these guys on this Wall Street bets or whatever, and exactly who is open to debate how this whole thing exactly started, whether it was the Gen Xers who started it or the millennials who were doing some digging started it. But somehow, some way, it got noticed that some of these hedge funds were in way over their head on on bets that some of these stocks were going to lose money. Stocks like GameStop and AMC and I think one of the airlines. And so... He says, hey, if a bunch of us buy the buy into these stocks, we raise the price, we're going to force them to have to buy stocks from us at a higher price. And not only are they going to lose money, we're going to make money from the very hedge funds we don't like. Because essentially these hedge funds were driving down the price of GameStop, which is a dying company anyway. But, and so essentially they're squeezing these hedge funds squeezing them like a pig. They're squealing. They squeezed $70 billion out of them so far. And it's because they've gone from uh, GameStop to AMC. They actually saved AMC. AMC was, was facing bankruptcy. And one of their uh, loan holders decided to trade in a $600 million loan for stock, just for straight stock, and cashed out. And so now, AMC, which was, you know, a billion and a half dollars in debt, is now all of a sudden not so far in debt. And so they say, hey, wait, we can pay this. We can actually manage to figure out a way through this. It relieved a bunch of debt. Because it's not just $600 million. It's $600 million plus interest. And so you'd lose the plus interest as well. And so they no longer have to make those payments on the on essentially the IOU. They no longer have to gather the interest. The guy walked away. He said, I'm taking my money and running. You know, who knows how much he actually got, but he didn't care. He, at some point he figured, there's no way I'm getting more than this later. Well, I'm out of here. I'm not taking any risk. I'm taking my money and getting he out. He was done. Yeah, he's done. Now, whether he needed the cash because he was playing games in other parts of the market or whatever and was part of the short squeeze, who knows? But what the uh, what the media and the politicians and the investment class doesn't understand, it's not about the money. Most of the people involved don't care about the money. They started with the 120 bucks or whatever, made a bunch of money. They pulled that out a long time ago. They're playing with house money. From their mindset, they walked into a casino with 20 bucks in their pocket, went in, pulled the lever, won, a, won some money, put that 20 bucks back in their pocket, and now they're playing with house money. They don't care what happens. As long as they go home with that 20, they don't even care if they go home with the initial 20 bucks. They don't care. Their goal at this point is to just squeeze the, the hedge funders, the people who are playing financial games and manipulating the market. They don't care about whether they 
lose all their money in the long run. They simply don't care. <laughs> the mass of them don't care. Yeah, some of them are going to walk away and make a fortune. And some that hold on along are going to lose all their all their gains. But they don't care. They're on a trip to Vegas, and as long as they come home, they come home with what they left with, they're in good shape, right? They had a good time. They went to Vegas. It's a vacation. All the world is but a stage, and they're just playing the game. And the investor class can't wrap their head around it. And so they keep playing games. They keep buying back in into uh into the um uh shorting they keep shorting higher oh well it's gonna keep fall so we'll buy in it this and they're just morons they stop playing the game the only way they're because the wall street bets kids the redditors they have no need to uh they got no need to sell they're just gonna hold it I don't care what the price is. Their goal isn't to make money. Their goal is to make the hedge funds squeeze, make them cry, to expose all the funny money underneath. They don't care about anything else. Market fundamentals, business fundamentals, none of that matters. This is essentially social justice. Via the stock market. Has this game ever been played before? Not, no, no the, te- the tools weren't available. Well, there's two things that weren't available. The tools and the data in the hands of enough people to make a difference. Before, this happens a lot. But it happens behind the scenes. It happens with the big hedge funds fighting each other and doing the battle. And the little guy who's got a money market fund or a head or a you know, or has got a few a few shares of some stock he bought on a lark or, or whatever, you know, a decade ago and forgot about, they're the ones that get screwed. Now what's happening is it's going the other way around. Because in any real rational market, these people would sell. You bought in at 25, it's now sitting at 380 or something, you'd freaking sell because the business isn't worth it. It wasn't worth a hundred, it wasn't worth fifty. Why are they having it that it doesn't matter? And the trick is that these hedge funds, they don't actually own any stock. They borrow stock, then resell it. They resell borrowed stock. So when their borrowed stock has to be paid back, they have to buy stock. They have no choice. So whatever the price is, 300, 400, they have to convince one of these yahoos on Reddit to sell them the stock at some price. There's no more left. And so the price keeps going up because the longer those the redditors and stuff hold on, 
the more and more of those things get called. $70 billion have transferred away from hedge funds in the last week. Off to, well, nobody, because it's all in the Ethernet at the moment. But theoretically, it's in the hands of a bunch of yahoos on, on Potato Head Butt Lover 65, 69, you know, whatever the heck these Redditor names are. <laughs> you know, it's... <laughs> Seriously, you know how people make you know how these people make names on the internet. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Just, just I am, I am. You know, Lord Comquat. You know, is now beating the little snot out of Mister MBA from Harvard. Yeah. <laughs> And that's the glorious thing, is that there's just this kind of goofy social justice thing going on. Well, the politicians aren't going to do it, so we're going to find a way. It reminds me what of the Dalai Lama. Learn the rules, so you know how to break them properly. That's what they did. They learned how the game was played. They learned what was how the rules were working, and then they used the rules against them. They used the way the game was played against them. Freaking brilliant. It's essentially, it's a peaceful revolution. It's kind of funny. All this talk about insurgency and coups and all this stuff, you know, believe it or not, it's not, but tell you what, these Yahoo's from Reddit have done more to change the system than any political party in the last 10 years, 20 years. Oh but, my. Yeah. Really? Well, because now they can no longer behave that way without repercussions. See, before uh, all they had to do was pay a government fine. Who cares? <laughs> government would give them maybe, might give them a fine, slap on the wrist, and nobody cares. But now, if you have masses of people willing to risk, you know, a hundred bucks each, if you got a million people willing to risk a hundred bucks each, you've got a hundred million people willing to go, you know, a hundred million dollars to go play with. And if you do it right, you can turn that into a billion dollars quickly. Which is essentially what they did. They took a bunch of small people, all did the exact same thing, which forced the. But it couldn't have happened before because you needed, you know, the mass communication, instant mass communication, plus the apps availability to so the average person can participate at one or two or ten shares instead of having to buy. You know, a thousand on a relatively equal playing field, even though it's not equal. The big boys still have an advantage. They get all the data first, they get the transactions first, and yet, <laughs> still got the snot kicked out of them. 
You like that, don't you? Well, it's because they did it to themselves. They got greedy, put themselves in an incredibly dangerous position, assuming no one was going to call them on it, and they got called on it. They got beat at their own game. You know what? They've, they've have no problems demolishing companies, the values of companies, and putting people out of work. And yeah, okay, most of them were probably going to go out of work and do it anyway, but you don't got to hurry the thing along. They may have figured something out. And so, no. So, if they have no problems pushing companies over the edge, and I have no problems with people pushing them over the edge, they deliberately put themselves, deliberately, it's not like they accidentally put themselves in that situation. We're talking about, you know, people with MBAs from Harvard who deliberately put themselves in a situation where they can be overrun by yahoos on the internet. No, I've got no sympathy for them whatsoever. Run them to the ground. Teach them a lesson. I'm not usually for that kind of thing. But there comes a point, right, where you have to give the tough love to your children. And there comes a point where you have to, you know, you can know you have to say that this behavior is no longer acceptable and if they don't listen you have to you know slowly escalate correct the, it yeah and what do these people care most about money they care most about making money to them it's not even about the money it's money's like a scorecard so the more points they have on the card the better they've done They've lost 70 billion points on their scorecard. That's going to hurt them. It's going to change their behavior. They're not going to put themselves in this kind of risk in the future, which will save companies from having to go through the pressure of having uh-huh. a bunch of yahoos being pushed down. It's just, they're just not going to do it. The risk of losing all the points on their scorecard is too great. In the long term, they'll be fine. They'll build themselves back up at seventy billion dollars. You know, they'll write it. They'll write it off, in a sense. But they'll learn their lesson. And in a grander sense, at the risk of diving into quasi politics, the emptiness of the value on Wall Street is being exposed. Because a lot of value on Wall Street is meaningless. And it doesn't actually mean anything. It's all played by games behind the scenes. By hedge funds driving down prices. By other hedge funds driving up prices. It's all the world is but a stage. Now, we, some of us have noticed that there's a disconnect between Wall Street and the actual economy for a long time. And part of the reason is monetary policy and, and, and all that. Uh, but part of the reason is they're playing a game. And we don't understand it. We look at the numbers and it goes up or goes down and that's all we kind of understand we don't understand what's being really played behind the scenes 
and that's the cultural impact is in a sense they're enforcing transparency and through transparency you can enforce better behavior and it didn't take regulators it didn't take government it didn't it just took proper tools in the hands of the masses you know it's, it's actually a wonderful thing now it's going to be a bumpy ride as the sauce shakes out but you know be part of what be part of what builds back and we have the opportunity to build back better to build that back with love i know there's a lot of politicians and whatnot who says come back better and is a slogan and the reason they use it is because there's a sense to it we do have to build our communities and our cultures back better but it all starts with ourselves i saw a tweet um oh i think it was van jones and he said for the first time he's finally starting to take care of himself he's starting to care himself with love and he's starting to you know view his himself with love and take care of himself and mindful and all the kind of things we preach around here which i'm going well it's good but you know you can't love other people until you love yourself so if you've been walking around telling people how much you care about this group of people or that group of people or the world in general and you have yet to to actually love take time to love yourself you know i have to question if you truly could not that you didn't mean it but if you truly could now i didn't send a tweet like that because that's not rude let him enjoy his this thing and he's not gonna no one cares from here and no one's <laughs> no one who watches us is kind of saying hey did you hear what that guy says no, no, <laughs> but in a sense it was sad but he got this guy is my age it's in smart intelligence you know is a national tv figure uh, respected by millions and yet he had never taken the time to love him, learn how to love himself in a sense it took the age of trump ending for him to learn to love himself he hadn't done it before trump the age of trump but it took the end of the age of trump for him to learn to love himself it's kind of sad lucy's doing it yeah it's never too late it's never too late. Never too late. Never too late to, to look in the mirror and say, you know, I can be better. Maybe I'm not all I think I am and I can work on myself. It's a hard thing to do. But hey, who said life was easy? All right, we are going to take our quick break for our sponsor and we will be right thank you very much for joining us and as we would like to remind you please like subscribe and share with whatever thing you happen to catch us on 
And if you happen to and can, please uh, give us a hand, a help. We've got what Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash late night love and you can join the community there. And it pretty much anywhere you find us these days, there's like a tip available to give us a tip and that kind of thing. So you can go to Anchor. There's ways to support us on Anchor. You can, if you're finding us on Mines, there's there's a little tip button on Mines, and I think I'm set up for that. So any place you find us, you should be able to give us a way to give us a, a tip. We would greatly appreciate it. Help us continue our journey. And speaking of continuing our journey, Madam Lovey over there dug up uh, the do's and don'ts of sex therapy therapist or, no, no, or no, no, something no. like that i forget oh exactly God. what it was two words sex therapist love <laughs> and two you should avoid you suck <clears throat> no <laughs> two words couples should embrace the first word that was a bad joke that was a bad joke. I ignored it, and you keep bringing it to. You're still talking about it. Because <laughs> it was that bad. All right. So what do you got? Okay. Two words right. couples should embrace. The uh -huh. first word is maybe, because that opens up new con new conversations and possibilities. And you can learn more about your partner. It doesn't mean you're going to do everything, but you can you can at least listen. Yeah. Okay. You know, and maybe there's something that tickles your fancy. Maybe something you're willing to try. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's on the menu all the time. It's true. Yeah. No, you have to be. It's very easy to. not be experimental enough because you're afraid of being rejected. Because ultimately, that's the hardest part about all that, is expressing your desires, is the fear of being rejected. Hey, what's this person going to think about this weird thing? But, you know, I can take it or leave it, kind of, but I'm interested. And, you know, and, but if I ask or if I talk about it, uh, they're going to think I, I'm, you know, some crazy loon and I'm going to end up being alone. And so you go your entire life without ever getting to explore a part of yourself. It happens far too often. Or you end up, you know, looking outside your relationship for the... For the thing? For the experimental part. Uh, yeah, because who cares if someone you don't love rejects you? You don't care. You only care if someone you love rejects you. So if some, uh, you know, person who's just willing to try new things and there's no real emotional connection, there's no risk. Well, risk of rejection <laughs> anyway and that fear of rejection i don't know how it overpowers the the fear of losing and screwing up and losing i don't know how that 
calculation works in, in, in your head, but it does. It happens a lot. So what are you going to do? Well, that's why I, I try and listen. You know, I'm not, and I always feel free to express myself, even though it's, it's not something that, even if it's something, not something I, like you say, I think about, but it's not something I want to do. Yes. But it able to, just talking about it, it, um, there's just a freedom. There's a release. It's it's just. It's a realization that you can actually talk about anything without fear. Without fear. Without fear of that rejection. That even if the other person says, "Ooh, that's gross. That's kind of. Why would you want to do that? You're not actually, you're not being rejected. The thing is being rejected. The thing is being rejected. Well, I don't understand that, but whatever <laughs> floats your boat. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe when I was younger, you know, that kind of thing, you know. You know well, you're... that's one of the benefits of being older. It doesn't, it's not the end of the world. No. You Just... know, I remember when, my partner looking at porn and not me was just the end of the world. I just, I was just not desirable anymore. I was just, that was just something else. Yes. Well, it's because at that, when you're young, the world revolves around you and you forget that the other person has their own perspectives. And just because you think it's about you, doesn't actually mean it's about you. Yes, I am me and you are you. Yeah. We are. Now, there may be issues and there may be problems to resolve, but it's not the same thing as it being about you. Right. Yeah. Because if it bothers you, then that's an issue to be, to be dealt with. If that kind of thing bothers somebody, you have to deal with it. You can't just, oh, well, it bothers me. Oh, well, I'm not going to do anything about it. Or it bothers the person I love about. I'm not going to do anything about it. Now, you may not be able to do anything about it. Maybe there's an addiction issue. and Or maybe you know, lots of things come up. We'll slip off of the porn thing for a second because that's a harder one to say. Just let slide if it's really bothering somebody and you just completely let it slide. I let it slide because I talked to my sister and she's like, come on, they all do it. It's, it, it's not about you. No, but then you can ask someone to have a bit, bit of, try to do discretion. it with a bit more discretion. Yes. yes. If it bothers you to see it. Okay, look, I, yes. you know, do it, whatever, but try to make it so I don't know. <laughs> yes, that's a conversation that could, yeah. be, could be had. And it, and now, if someone goes, well, no, I'm just going to be how I want, well, then, you know, you've got a different problem. It's actually not about the porn anymore. Uh. It's about, you know, understanding and respecting boundaries and, and where, you know, there's not a, it's not like you found a compromise where, okay, I'll be, res I'll be respectful of, of 
of your wishes and kind of, you know, mind my P's and Q's and be discreet. And, you know, you'll kind of look the other way. And, and we're all, neither one of us are happy, but we're both content. Yes. Instead of, wow, well, no, screw it. I wanted to do it this way. Everybody's getting their needs, needs met. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Or, or if not As met, respected. Respected. Everybody's getting their needs respected. Respected, yes. Yes. And that way, that builds a long-term successful relationship. It's the... It's getting your your thoughts and your you. Your thoughts are you. So getting you respected, not necessarily embraced, but respected. Because I don't even embrace all of myself. You know, there's parts of myself I don't particularly like, but I have to respect them. I have to give it the respect. It's part of me. I can't not give it the respect it deserves. I can't say, I'm not going to paint... You know, I'm not going to, I don't like my knees. You hurt too much. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm just going to completely ignore you. Well, no, that doesn't work. Now does it? Because then I can't stand up <laughs> when I get stuck trying to walk across the house. And so, <laughs> you know, that doesn't actually work long term. So you have to respect all your parts and your relationship is a bunch of parts. And you know, your sexual relationship is a bunch of parts. And you have to keep them maintained. And that means discussion. Because that's how you keep relationships maintained. Okay, what else you got? Okay, no. This is a word I've never heard of before. The second word that sex therapists love to hear is Com I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Compersion. 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 And what it means is the opposite of jealousy. So, and what I like, and I use an example, it, uh, um, is, is being not, I'm not jealous when somebody hits on you. I step back. Yeah, and but that's I easy. watch it. I watch it happen, and I I hope you're enjoying it because uh, you know it's a little ego boost. I know who you're going home with. It, it, it doesn't threaten me one iota. Yeah, but you also know I'm oblivious, so the literally <laughs> is no threat because I'm not gonna know. I'll get home. Hey, was that woman hitting on me? And you really don't know. Do you? I'm surprised I have children. I swear to God. How can you not know? You've watched me not know. And I swore at the time you were just being cool. He's got to know. He's got to know. But it's just being nice to her. I never know. Well, I am just being nice. I'm always nice. Well, as nice as I can be on that particular day. Yeah. Some days you're cranky. I mean, just being as nice as you can. But I'm always as nice as I can pull off, yes. Why would you be otherwise? I, you know, just saying. Why would you want to be anything other than as nice as you can be on any particular day? I mean, you know, I'm expecting you the same level of niceness every day because, you know, sometimes you wake up on the wrong side of the bed. 
but I try to be as nice as I can pull off at any particular time. I just don't understand why it would be anything different. Well, I try, you know, but I, I, I have a positive outlook on life. I'm, you know, if I meet somebody, it's like, hey, new friend, you know. <laughs> I think they're all friendly too, you know, and I forget some people are just not that friendly. Some people, yeah, I don't know. And you can get it, you know, life is full of traumas and everybody has a difficult path through life. Of so, course, of course, of course. So I suppose, you know, that you some can, people are shy. What the hell? Well, I'm shy, but I'm still nice. Uh, I'm, you know, I've lived my life in anxiety disorder. I was an introvert, you know. So, but yet, that doesn't mean I would never, I always tried to be nice. Even at my word. Well, I mean, some people don't have much to say, and sometimes it comes off as if they're being grumpy when they're not. They're just incredibly, cripplingly shy. And then there's people like my daughter. Oh. Who's just grumpy pants. She's going to grow out of it. We've been saying that for 15 years now. <laughs> She's got it any day now. Yeah, any, any day, day now. <laughs> any day. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. You know, when she, when she gets older, when she's my age, she's going to be like like she is now. Like when she wakes up, like for the first hour after she wakes up, she's she's, ter- she's always been that way. Yeah. She's going to be like that all the time. So you didn't have much to say about my compersion word. I don't even know what the heck they're trying to say. I'm not trying. There, it's a it's a word they made up clearly, but I'm not trying trying to figure out which two words they're trying to use. Compassion. Well, apparently, it's a word used regularly by by the polyamorous community. It's how you might feel when your partner shares time and sexuality with someone else. But its meaning can actually extend beyond bedroom. Yeah. So when, you know, you get a little attention, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's a good thing, too, because I had 50,000 people vote for me. (laughs) It's getting late. (laughs) I'm getting punchy. All right. So what do we got next? Couples, two couples worship, we should always avoid is always and never. They're barrier words and don't allow for deeper and richer communication. This is true. And if you're saying always and never, it means your mind is closed. Well, because one, nothing always happens. Nothing. Nothing always happens. Yeah. Stuff breaks. You know, the environment around it changes. Stuff happens. Power outages. All kinds of things. Stuff happens. Nothing always happens. There's always a risk of the unknown. Uh, I want certain things I know aren't going to happen. 
certain things I'm not going to participate in, but that doesn't mean I'm not open to talking about them. But if you're open to talking about something, then you always run the risk of having your mind, of changing your mind. Run the risk of changing my mind? Yeah. Yeah. But of course, it's not a risk if you genuinely end up wanting to change your mind. So you always have, otherwise, the whole point of having an open mind is to risk having it changed, to risk learn something new that will change something that you once knew and you no longer do. Well, I saw a quote the other day. It Those was, are fun in life. <laughs> when life turns on you like that, <laughs> you're like, well, I was just so high and mighty. I just knew, you know, yeah. yeah but I, then I got this information and now I, you know, I, considered yeah, and now I feel differently. Now yeah. I don't know. What I thought was foundational is really just the floor. Yeah. It's really just the, there's a, if I I can take it up and there's more beneath it. And that's a strange thing to find out sometimes. I saw a quote. Let's see if I can find it. From Thomas Sowell. It takes considerable knowledge just to realize the extent of your own ignorance. That's true. I know, Bipkis. Yeah, it takes a long time to it understand. It takes forever. To understand that you don't know very much. <laughs> and then it takes a long time for you to accept it. Uh, That's the other half of that equation. You can know something, but not really accept it. Because it's hard. Who wants to accept that you're fundamentally ignorant? Because we've come to understand ignorance as a lack of intelligence rather than That's ignorance. That's not true. No, ignorance is just means you haven't learned something yet. Right. But there's so much in the There's tons to freaking <laughs> learn. <laughs> so it's you literally have no choice but to be ignorant in almost everything. Well, it's a lifelong journey. You know, I know a smattering about this and that and uh, quite a few things, but I'm not well-versed. Yes, well, we know what we know, and we also know how f the limitations of that knowledge. Yes. And we also probably understand that we probably overestimate the our understanding of the limitations of that knowledge. At least I do. You know, I don't know how little I actually know. See, I don't even know the extent of my own ignorance. I'm so, you know, I don't know. I have no idea how much I don't know. It's impossible for me well, to know. Well, it's kind of like space, you know, it's vast. Well, it's a strange thing. Knowledge is a strange thing. And I found this out. And I think someone told me, and I just don't remember who. And it may have been uh, my uh, old family science professor. It's very weird. It's a, I had a science professor like as a 10-year-old kid. It's a strange thing. I got to listen to science lectures, personal science lectures as a kid. 
And so I, I suspect some of these things is he told me, and I just have absorbed it over the time. But the more you learn, the less you know. And it's one of those fundamental funny things that is, as I've gone through life, is held true. Like the other thing he told me was every action has an equal and opposite reaction, and it's not just physics. Ooh. Yeah, that one took me a long time to work my head around. It took me a long time to to understand that, and you still don't know if you fully understand it because it's a deep, it's a deep thing. Well, that's when you come to greater understanding to over time. Yeah. Because the more you know, the more questions you have. The more questions you have, the more ignorance you have. If you don't have very many questions, you think you're smart. The more questions you have, the smarter you are. Because you know more. Because you know to ask more and more interesting and better questions. So it's a paradox of sorts but it works with yourself too you know as we get through this journey through life whether whether it's where we start today talking about figuring out your stresses then we move through trying to figure out you know how our cultures put together and how it's we'll call it decentralizing at the moment you know, and how we work through that. And uh, onto our personal and sexual lives. But, you know, all that kind of starts with the fundamental truth. You have to love yourself. You have to understand yourself. You have to turn inward. That introspection that uh, desire to learn, desire to ask questions. The more you learn about yourself, the more questions you will have about yourself. And that can be difficult at times because you don't understand the journey you're on. But you have to come to an understanding that that's okay. It just means you're starting to understand more about yourself. The journey to self-understanding never stops. It always grows. There's always more questions. There's always another hill. There's always a sunset and a sunrise. You know, some of us get to wake up next to the ones we love. Others are out there on that journey looking for them. Others are having to finish their journeys on their own. You know, but through it all, there's one person on that trip with you. And that's you. You owe yourself love. 
You can't get it from somewhere else until you give it to yourself. You're not capable. Now, doesn't mean you're not giving yourself love if you're not thinking about it. I just want to be clear. Lots of people love themselves and they do it without having to consciously consider it. And then maybe it's going to the gym, they eat right, and they do all these things that make themselves feel better. And they don't think of it as loving themselves. They don't need the mindfulness that those of us here do. There's nothing wrong with either way. The world is a wonderful rainbow. Great art comes with great struggle. Great struggle comes in many forms. And uh, getting through life, learning to love yourself is its own struggle. Its own form of art. And the path you leave behind is the most beautiful piece of art of all. And we are going to wrap that up here. We want to wish everybody a good night from me and Lolly. And please remember, you can contact us. Send us a dear lovey letter at love at latenightlove.us. You can love to hear from you. You can always find me on Twitter at Jazzrack, or at least I'll get the notification, or on whatever social media outlet you happen to find us. Please like, share, subscribe to all the wonderful social social media type things that you all know how to do, or just tell a friend. And with that, me and Lovey want to wish you a good night. Have a good week. We've got... um, I was going to say we had a good week of daily doses planned, but we actually don't. <laughs> They're not planned. They're, They're not planned yet, but I'm sure they'll be wonderful, yes. No, last week we had a, a good batch of daily doses, so go back and take a look. Oh, there is one thing before I want to know. We do have our newsletter set up. I'll go through and put them in the comments at the various social media spots, so look for it in the next day. You can join it. You can sign up for the newsletter, and you can get your daily doses of love in your email box once a week. Yeah, that's that. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, that's that is. It's just sounds strange. So you can get your daily doses of love in your box once a week. But yes, you can get them all in your email. Yeah. So sign up. Yeah, sign up for it. Yeah. And with that. From uh, me and Lubby, I want to wish you. Uh, I was gonna say, wish you a Merry Christmas. I don't know where that came from. Wow! <laughs> wish you guys a good week, and we will see you next week. Please remember to love everybody, and good night. Apparently, I need some sleep or something. <laughs> <laughs>